0: Addiction to opioids. It is an epidemic claiming more and more lives across our country. Can you imagine babies, infants being born addicted to fentanyl, addicted to heroin, addicted to painkillers? Straight out of the womb. Their lives are already broken because of this epidemic, and they are just one tiny tiny example of what is happening now. But how do we stop it? Crime stories with Nancy Grace. Juanita told us the children
2: were born addicted to drugs.
0: I've lived in Beckley since I was born. I like Beckley. It's a pretty town. Yeah, it has a lot of, like, worse than New York and other states.
2: How do you know that? Used The Harveys live in Beckley, West Virginia, hard hit by the opioid epidemic. West Virginia has had more opioid-related deaths than any other state, followed by neighboring Ohio. The Harveys are now part of a class action lawsuit against opioid distributors, manufacturers, and retail pharmacies, accusing them of aggressively marketing, distributing, and overprescribing the drugs. Stephen New is the Harvey family attorney. He's closely watching the federal case involving Summit and Cuyahoga counties in Ohio.
3: In the courtroom, uh, everyone's equal. Uh, A family like the Harvey family or a county
4: like Cuyahoga County stands on equal footing with multinational billion-dollar corporations. Children born
0: addicted to drugs? Juanita Harvey and her family are just one of so many people joining in a class action lawsuit Over addiction to opioids. It is an epidemic claiming more and more lives across our country. The Harvey's are just one example. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. I had no idea when I signed on to be a prosecutor in inner city Atlanta and every arraignment calendar every week, 150, 200 new felony indictments in my courtroom alone. And about 60% of those were drug-related, if not more. There would be one guilty plea after the next, after the next, after the next. Little did I understand then that this would result in an epidemic. With me, an all-star panel. Dr. William Maroney, Chief Medical Examiner of Bay County, Michigan, also The author of American Narcan on Amazon created a new portable treatment center to fight opioid addiction. Dr. Judith Joseph, psychiatrist, principal investigator at Manhattan Behavioral Medicine. Mark Tate, lawyer representing the Chatham County, South Carolina family suing opioid manufacturers. And Barry Mayer. Pulitzer Prize-winning former reporter for the New York Times, author of Painkiller, An Empire of Deceit, and the Origin of America's Opioid Epidemic. You can find that at barrymeyerbooks.com. That's spelled M-E-I-E-R. Welcome, everybody. Dr. William Maroney, infants being born addicted to opioids. First, break it down, Maroney. Okay, break it down. Okay, we're not... Doctors like you and Dr. Judith Joseph, right? What is an opioid? Street names. What is it?
1: What What's happening is if it's um, heroin or if it's heroin with fentanyl or if it's pain pills, when the babies are born, the supply stops because the mother's blood is discontinued at birth. And the baby begins withdrawal, which is uh, a lot of uh, fluid secreting. And they become stuffy and they have difficulty breathing and they're irritable and there's pain. And then they have loose stool, loose diarrhea, and they have difficulty feeding. So you have a crisis immediately that the babies that ordinarily hug and cuddle and suckle at the mother's breast have difficulty feeding because of being in withdrawal, and immediately they're losing fluids and they're at risk of dehydrating.
0: Dr. Moroni, Dr. Moroni, I remember um, when I volunteered for the nine years at the battered women's center at night, part of that, uh, many of our volunteers would go rock, as we call them, crack babies at nurseries, at hospitals across the city of Atlanta. And they, the babies, after I had the twins, John David and Lucy, I really had something to compare it to. They were so agitated. Little tiny babies, they were all underweight, and they were agitated. Nothing could calm them down. Sometimes we could get them calmed down rocking them. But I'm, those were crack babies. Is that what this is like when you're on, when a baby is born addicted to opioids? In
1: general, the withdrawal symptom is similar for all withdrawal from all drugs it's a very similar Mm. condition syndrome what no matter what it is withdrawal is withdrawal it's inconsolability irritability
0: difficulty feeding for a tiny baby and uh dr Maroney, you have children as do i it's hard enough to calm down a fussy baby in the middle of the night, a normal baby, much less a baby addicted to opioids. Barry Meyer, Pulitzer Prize-winning former reporter for the New York Times, author of Painkiller, An Empire of Deceit, and the Origin of America's Opioid Epidemic. Barry, what led you, a Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter, to get so enmeshed in the opioid epidemic?
4: Well, Nancy, back in... uh 2000, just 2000, 2001 timeframe, I was a reporter at the Times, and an editor came to me and said, you know, there's, I've, I've gotten a tip. There's this hot new drug on the street. It's called OxyContin, and there are reps going around claiming to druggists that the drug can't be abused. It's unlike any other opioid painkiller that's been ever produced. It's safe. People can use it. People can use it as high as, at, 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 you know, sky-high dosages, without any health problems, but we're seeing it all out on the street. You know, it's being sold like, uh, like hotcakes. So um, I began to investigate this, and, and what I started to uncover and document it, uh, subsequently in Painkiller, was a criminal marketing campaign by the drugs manufacturer, OxyContin, to lie to doctors, to lie to pharmacists, to lie to regulators, patients, everyone, about the addictive potential of what became uh, the most widely abused drug in American history, OxyContin. You
0: know, I remember, I remember a woman, gorgeous, came into court. I was a new prosecutor. I was just doing my best. She had been a really successful stockbroker. And she came in in chains. I'm like, oh, dear Lord. She must have shot her husband. That was my first thought. (laughs) She came up and I pulled her file for the plea. It was a plea deal. And I looked at it. It was a plea deal reached by uh, the prosecutor who was running that court. I was just um, a novice. And I was standing up to practice reading somebody their rights and then giving a fact recitation to the judge to accept the plea. I had to stop in the middle of reading the police report out loud. This gorgeous woman, stockbroker, highly successful family of three children married, lost her license, lost her children, lost her home, lost her marriage, lost her job, everything because of an opioid addiction. Now, that was when I was still prosecuting in the mid-90s, and I had no idea what was to come. As a matter of fact, take a listen to this from Fox 8 Cleveland reporter Matt Wright.
4: I sought out what, what I knew would make me not sick anymore which was heroin which ultimately led into fentanyl which brought me to my knees faster than ever before. Nathan Burchek says he has struggled with opioid addiction for years. Stole my youth. Um, Blew lots of opportunities, ruined lots of relationships. After several relapses, he's now living in a dorm here at the Cleveland Treatment Center, Stella Maris. Stella Maris saved my life. But the
1: nonprofit's director of nursing, Carol Negus, says need far exceeds space and resources.
5: If they don't get into detox, um, there's a good chance that they're going to die waiting to get into detox.
1: Intake currently located in this trailer. Right now, there are more than 120 people on the daily detox wait list.
4: It can take weeks to get a bed.
5: I think the reason that the wait list has gone up so much definitely has to do with this opiate epidemic. There is no question about it.
2: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.
6: From BBC Radio 4,
2: Britain's biggest paranormal podcast
0: stories with Nancy Grace.
6: In 2009, more than 2,900 people died in Florida of drug overdoses, mostly from prescribed opioid pills. In one 16-month period, DEA records show Barry Schultz dispensed 800,000 opioid pills from his office pharmacy. People have become addicted to these drugs. People have died okay. because of these drugs. People in your practice died from overdoses of opioids. A person. One is enough. That monster ended in my son's life. Carol Tain's son, David, went to Dr. Schultz for pain management after a car accident. Schultz prescribed an assortment of pain pills, even after David became addicted. In 2010, David died of an overdose of opioids prescribed by Dr. Schultz. So should Dr. Schultz have prescribed these pain pills to him? No.
2: He didn't even examine him. He hadn't seen him in four and a half years. He just... just wrote, wrote out these scripts. As far as I'm concerned, he's a murderer and and not a doctor. He murdered my son. As he, could, he didn't need a gun. He used his pen
0: to murder my son. Oh, my stars. You know, uh, this morning, when I was getting the twins ready to go to school, Lucy goes and barricades herself in the bathroom to put on beauty treatments. I can't get her out. But John David unwittingly walked out early, and I forced him to practice the waltz uh, to Rainbow Connection by Kermit, the frog. You're probably thinking, what does that have to do with what we just heard? This mom's son is dead. It's all over for her. I mean, that's one of the reasons I get up in the morning to see John David and Lucy. And to think that this son is gone from her life now. And she says the doctor is a murderer by a pen. Not a gun or a knife, but a pen. You are hearing our friend Bill Whitaker at 60 Minutes, the opioid epidemic taking over our country like a tsunami. I had no idea when I would take a plea after a plea after a trial after a trial. It was just the tip of the iceberg. Joining me, Mark Tate, attorney representing Chatham County, South Carolina, suing the opioid manufacturers. Mark, renowned attorney. Thank you for being with us, Mark. Many people would argue. Well, dopers take opioids of their own volition. It's not the manufacturer's fault. I remember, Mark, the first time I saw, actually saw somebody in real life shooting up. I was running in city of Atlanta. I had just gotten out of court. I was running, and I ran past a big sta- football stadium, and there was a car parked out, and I glanced to the side, and there was a guy in there with a syringe shooting up, and it was... It just felt, it's like, you know, when you see a a, a snake, there's just something that you recoil, something inside, unless you're a snake lover, Mark. I just recoiled, and then I took off running. Uh, uh, Tell me, what are you trying to do, Mark? And What's happening? Well,
3: first of all, um, you know, you tell these kinds of stories, and really these drugs the opiates that that doesn't care about race it doesn't care about uh it doesn't care about wealth it doesn't care about poverty it treats uh, all comers exactly the same and the reason that i got involved uh, in wanting to do something through uh, the power of our civil justice system uh, because i have been around and involved in seeing so many people uh die Uh, You know, our across-the-street neighbor became addicted to opiates, and unfortunately, she died in a bathtub one night. Uh, uh, The son of a great friend of mine uh, died in his dorm room, and I was the one uh, who had to go, you know, clean it up and take care of the final affairs. And so I started noticing this horrible problem, and I have a lot of friends who are in the medical profession as well. who were describing to me that they would get visits from drug reps. Pharmaceutical salespeople would come to their come to their offices and say, listen. Oxycontin is not addictive. Oxycontin is the gold standard. Uh, if you are not treating pain, which is the fifth vital sign, as they were saying, then you're committing malpractice. The pharmaceutical lobbyists and reps went to uh, the organization that certifies hospitals. <laughs> pardon me and convince them that if they're not using opiates there that they're committing malpractice and all you have to do. Well,
0: wait a minute, wait a minute. Mark Tate, Mark Tate, Mm -hmm. you're telling me a sales rep, okay? Yes. You're telling me that a sales rep can convince a medical doctor
3: what to do, Mark? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, they do. Medical doctors have a few moments to listen to these reps, and they listen to them. And they show up with gifts for the staff, and they show up with gifts for the doctor, and they romance the doctors. Oh, it works. It works. And they come with studies that are published studies that the manufacturers and distributors created. However, they were false. And all of those doctors and other professionals who took part in those studies have now recanted and said, no, we were not telling the truth. We were bought and paid for. And uh, it, we never believed that opiates were not addicted. We never believed that only 1% got addicted. We never believed that there was such a thing.
0: Wait, now who is saying they didn't believe it, the sales reps or the no, doctors? No, the authors
3: of the, of the studies that the sales reps reported to be uh, distributing have all of that. Oh, my stars. And, you know, they also, they created this horrible fiction that, um, that if you see someone uh, as a medical professional who's exhibiting signs of addiction, that's not addiction that's pseudo addiction and pseudo addiction has a cure and the cure for well, pseudo I'm addiction
0: sorry, you know, I, I'm just an old prosecutor. What do you mean by pseudo addiction? Cause if it looks like <laughs> addiction and it talks like addiction and it walks like addiction, yeah. it's addiction. Well, so This
3: is part of the gigantic fraud that was, you know, perpetrated and, and forced the death into this position. Pseudo addiction, and it was an addiction, fake addiction. The cure for pseudo addiction, is increasing the dose of the opiates. So this is what happened. This is what happened in the medical community. This is what happened in the pharmaceutical community. They're now being held accountable. Dang! And I filed the first lawsuit in the state of Georgia on behalf of Fulton County. I now represent uh, close to 70 different municipalities and counties. Uh, They are all filed in federal court. We have a magnificently uh, interested federal judge, Dan Polster, who's uh, got the cases consolidated in Cleveland. We have now switched gears, having uh, started to gain progress on behalf of municipalities. Okay, now wait, families. wait, wait.
0: Now, you, now you're talking like a lawyer, okay? And I used to love nothing more than uh, having a lawyer on the elevator with a jury pool, and the lawyers, of course, start showing off and throwing around Latin phrases that nobody understands. This is what I know. Congress called five reps, sales reps, to testify. Of the five, only one said that the pharmaceutical companies contribute to the crisis. But this is what I know I know what Miss Juanita was just saying about her son. Right now, defendants in a landmark case against opioid manufacturers and distributors negotiating a last minute settlement. People all over the country devastated by opioids. You've got a child, you've got a son, you've got a daughter, you better listen.
2: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry.
0: Crime Stories with Nancy Grace.
5: Speculation are now over the Midwest Medical Examiner's Office concludes Prince died of an accidental drug overdose, self-administered fentanyl, fentanyl, an opioid painkiller prescribed millions of times each year, is also available on the black market. And tonight, a new mystery. Where did Prince get that drug? He needed paramedical at P. Park 7801 Audubon Road. Down A week before he died, ambulances meeting Prince's plane after that emergency landing.
3: i will be waiting. They want you to go to the west end of North Ramp.
5: The night before his death, Prince's reps called an expert in pain medication addiction. His death, highlighting the problem of prescription opioid abuse across the country, which has claimed 2,000 plus more lives since that day. The DEA telling ABC News it's related to the overall opioid epidemic in America.
3: There is not a region in this country today that is not under siege uh, from heroin or fentanyl prescription drugs.
5: David, while the medical examiner has released the cause of death, the sheriff's office is still investigating. That was our
0: friend Eva Pilgrim at ABC and with the DEA, Jack Riley with me, Dr. William Maroney, Dr. Judith Joseph, and Mark Date. Dr. Maroney, do you recall when Prince died and you and I were on the phone talking immediately, remember?
1: Yeah, I'll never forget that because everybody didn't understand how much opioids were prevalent and he died of diversion of illegal opioids. He wasn't prescribed, but he was seeing a doctor and getting other opioids, but it wasn't enough. And that's what happens to everybody. It's never enough. Your brain is hijacked. Just like that guy injecting in the football stadium, if you don't use, you get sick, you vomit, your body aches, you have panic attacks, and you can't breathe. What happened to Prince was a crime, and it affected everybody. We still really don't know where his fentanyl came from, but we knew he was seeing somebody and being treated for pain, and it got out of control, and he couldn't get enough. And that's where we are in America. Nobody can get enough. It's going to get worse before it gets better.
0: Dr. Moroni, let me plug your book, American Narcan on Amazon. Explain Narcan. What do you mean by that? Narcan
1: is the brand name for naloxone. And naloxone is an opioid molecule that does not activate or get you high. It blocks the brain where the opioids go. So when you overdose... You get this medicine injected into you, blown up your nose as a mist, injected into your muscles, injected into your bloodstream, and it goes to the brain. And because it's shaped like opioids, it fits in the same place. It kicks out the Oxycontin. It kicks out the fentanyl. It kicks out the heroin. And then you begin breathing again. That's the first step to recovery. It's the first medicine It's the beginning of rehabilitation. It's the beginning of detox. Without it, you're dead. It should be in every home in America. Not just my book, but the Narcan should be in every home in America. Just like an EpiPen for people with peanut allergies. Our children are at the greatest risk they've been in a hundred years.
0: You know what, let me get on what you're saying right there, Dr. Judith Joseph. My friend and colleague, psychiatrist, principal investigator at Manhattan Behavioral Medicine, Dr. Judith Joseph Moroni, has just told us that children are at risk. Now, we've already talked about infants, newborns already addicted to opioids who have a very high risk of death, a high mortality rate. Dr. Judith Joseph, when does it first become? When do your children first? uh, When are they first in danger? uh, Getting addicted to or trying drugs?
8: So that's a great question, Nancy. Because one of my first positions after training in child and adolescent psychiatry at NYU was out in Staten Island, and Staten Island is known as one of the boroughs that has, you know, a lot of hardworking working class uh, cops, firemen. Uh, and and people who moved out there because they wanted a better life for their kids. They wanted to stay out of the city. And this is one of the areas of New York that is being hit the hardest. And treating kids out there, from what they were telling me, they were getting these medications from their parents, Uh, not directly, but they were taking them from the prescription cabinet because people did not realize that a medicine that is given to you by your doctor properly could be addictive. And I think that this is why the epidemic is just so hard to catch up with because these drugs weren't considered to be street drugs. You typically think of marijuana, you think of cocaine, but with pills, you don't see them as being harmful or evil or as if you're doing anything wrong. And that's why I think that, that this epidemic has become so out of control. And I've had stories of teens telling me that, you know, they would feel anxious in school because you know what, school's hard. And they remember just taking like one of these pills at their desk. Passing it to a friend, and before you know it, you had a whole community that used these pills uh, to self medicate, and they were
0: hooked. Oh my star, Dr. Judith Joseph, you are scaring me so much because, uh, you know, Mark Tate with me representing Chatham County suing opioid manufacturers. I watch what they do, I look at their phones, I know what veggies they have, I I know what underwear they're wearing right now because I set it out for them last night, but I can't control what's happening at school. Mark Tate, you're on the forefront along with Dr. William Maroney fighting the opioid crisis. And right now, you're taking on the actual manufacturer. How is that going to help me and my twins in their classroom?
3: Well, it's going to help consumers uh, quit having false information shoved down their throats by these manufacturers. And I'd like to add, Nancy, that there is in two states in our country a beautiful legislative tool called the Drug Dealer Liability Act. And in Georgia and in Michigan, uh, unlike every other state, you do not have to have a prior conviction of the drug dealer, and the drug dealer does not have to be selling uh, street drugs or illegal drugs. And so in Georgia, we have undertaken representing the spouses and the children of people who have become addicted uh, to prescription drugs by pill mill doctors supplied by distributors who know they're distributing more drugs than are therapeutically necessary, and against the manufacturers who created this entire demand for these drugs. Hey, Mark Tate, yep. Mark Tate, more
0: drugs than is therapeutically necessary. What I think Correct. you are saying in a very eloquent fashion that would be wonderful <laughs> in front of an appellate court, what you're saying is doctors are prescribing people painkillers
3: to death. It's not just that. It's not just that. Yes, they are. But in addition to that, the suppliers of those drugs know. That there's giving out more drugs than are necessary or could even be conceivably used properly. And the manufacturers created the fraudulent environment telling people that these drugs are safe. That's what's going on. It's still going on today. And there are tools that we have that represent the families and loved ones of the individual abuser and hold those people accountable. And we're doing it.
0: Listen to this, our friend Christina Thompson, ABC. The judge called Smithers'
2: his patients victims in court. DEA Special Agent Christopher Dizek and U.S. Attorney Randy Rams tell us there were about 300 people from at least four states, some as far as Ohio, who regularly saw Dr. Smithers. Some patients were prescribed opioids without even being seen.
6: These were drug seekers, um, addicts, and certainly as the judge labeled them, victims, which they are. He was prescribing very potent opioids.
2: Dr. Smith there's prescribed more than 500,000 pills. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.
7: I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico,
0: came to represent my daughter. Um, she was uh, a patient of uh, Dr. Smithers.
2: Ramona Hartshorn's daughter Heather is the only confirmed overdose death caused by Dr. Smithers' overprescription of opioids.
5: I hate that she's gone, but I feel like her death was
0: instrumental into bringing him to justice, closing down a pill mill, and sending out a message to others. Welcome back. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. You're hearing ABC 13 news reporter Christina Thompson and the mother of a young girl that overdosed on opioids. Dr. William Maroney, I started off asking you, uh, guys, Dr. Maroney, Chief Medical Examiner, Bay County, Michigan, at Recovery Pathways and has now created a new portable treatment center. It's like a giant state-of-the-art RV to treat the opioid crisis. Now that is dedication. Dr. Judith Joseph with me, psychiatrist, principal investigator, Manhattan Behavioral Medicine, and Mark Tate, renowned attorney, actually taking on opioid manufacturers. Dr. Maroney, once you try an opioid, let's just say OxyContin, how does it get a hold of you? That's what I try to tell the twins. Without you know, nagging at them or harping on it. Because if you, you you argue too much, then they'll run out and do it. But explain how once you try it, just once or twice, you're hooked and you can't stop. It's like the devil's gotten into you. The most important thing is it takes
1: over your brain. You're hijacked. Physically, you get nauseous. You have panic attacks. You can't breathe. Your body aches. And you know that if you take an opioid, whether it's heroin or Oxycontin, it goes away. And that's how you're hijacked. It's withdrawal. It's dependence. And we need more people to treat and less people to throw pain meds out on the street, like the ice cream truck. People get greedy. They make too much money. This gets easy. The states are out of control. And everything comes down to there's not enough people to treat. We've created this problem with 20 years of bad prescribing. Now we need treatment.
0: Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hey, 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 hey. Mark Tate, <laughs> Dr. Maroney, Judith Joseph. I can't even call out all these names. All of these are opioids: Vicodin, Tylenol number three and four, Tizestr.o, Tussinex, Tussicaps, Targynic, Roxyset. Rosera, Percodan, Percocet, Palyodone, oxyset OxyContin, Opana, Norco, I mean, Lorset, Lortab, LiquiSet, uh, Hydrocan, HydroMet, HySet, there's so many, I can't even go, Vicodin, did I say that, Zod- Zodial, I there's so many, I can't even tell you all of them. And there's street names. Uh, Captain Cody, Cody, Schoolboy, Doors and Fours, Pancakes and Syrup, Loads, Emma's and Mother, Miss Emma, Monkey, White Stuff, Demi's, Painkiller, Apache, China Girl, Dance Fever. I don't even have time to say all the names on the street. So, Mark Tate, your lawsuit, which is very brave, how many do you believe, how many people are affected by your lawsuit?
3: That's all. A total population of addicts uh, and their loved ones, you know, probably 8 million, 10 million people. And again, understand that what we're doing uh, with the lawsuits we have on behalf of the governments, uh, we are filing and representing them to get back the money, the taxpayer money that they had to spend to treat the addict. Uh, law enforcement, drug courts, jails, coroner's offices, NARCAN equipment and training, these types of things have cost taxpayers money. So the real ridiculous tragedy, in addition to the number of people who are dying and addicted and all the cost of treating those people and all the loss that their loved ones have experienced, is the fact that we, as taxpayers, funding our governments, are subsidizing these industries. We are fixing it so the families and the stockholders of these companies and these companies and their executives are getting fat and rich and happy. They are rolling
0: in money, Mark Tate, rolling in money while people are dying.
3: That's exactly right. And we have subsidized that. Uh, You know, it's kind of like when Walmart teaches its minimum wage employees how to go get Medicaid. We're subsidizing their wealth. We are subsidizing these companies as taxpayers. And what we're doing is saying, listen, you are now going to bear the full cost of your product. No longer are you going to get to skip happy taking our money while you're killing us. We're going to make you pay all of the economic costs you put on us and pay for future treatment of these people. And hopefully uh, we can change the mindset, and you mentioned this earlier, where you know people are blaming the addict, and it's just not proper. Because what happens is, as the doctor was saying, this drug changes your brain chemistry, and so it is no longer a voluntary act. You are cha- you are taking this drug to keep yourself from dying because if you go cold turkey off of opiates after you become addicted, you can die. Uh, people have seizures. Uh, you've you've heard described the nausea and vomiting, but these it makes it so you uh, you can't just stop. You got to taper off uh, and, and and switch to other things. You know, like the old methadone clinics, and, and so that's the way you survive. But you know, it's not the volition of the addict, and so you got to we got to hopefully, although it's going to be difficult, destigmatize addiction so that people do get treatment and do get better. And like I said, with the Drug Dealer Liability Act, we now have a tool in Georgia and Michigan to go after these companies on behalf of the loved ones of the individual abuser. And we're doing it, and that's going to make a difference.
0: I want you to listen to Dr. Barry Schultz and what he does when he's asked why he prescribed 1,000 opioid pills
6: to a pregnant Mom. DEA records show in 2010, one patient of Dr. Schultz was prescribed nearly 17,000 of the highest potency oxycodone pills in a seven month period. Another got more than 23,000 over eight months. That's more than 100 pills a day. Business was so good. Schultz was making more than $6,000 a day prescribing and selling opioids to his patients. The numbers of pills that you were prescribing are astronomical. Who takes that many pills and puts them into their body? What were you thinking? I was thinking that the patient was a genuine patient who had real chronic pain, whose complaints were legitimate, and that I was prescribing medication that they needed. Doctor, you prescribed a 1,000 opioid pills to a pregnant woman. I don't think most doctors would prescribe a 1,000 aspirin to a pregnant woman. I would like to stop.
0: Yep, when Whitaker turned up the heat, the doctor, if I could even call him that, left the interview. Dr. William Maroney, take a listen to this.
6: We got the report from the Midwest Medical Examiner's Office which did the autopsy on Prince's body. They also did the toxicology of his bloodstream. And what they are saying is he died from an overdose of an opioid. Uh, We told you on TMZ.com for weeks that we were told Prince had an addiction to Percocet, which is also an opioid. The shocking thing about this report is that they are saying he died from a fentanyl overdose. Fentanyl, so that everyone knows, is a very, very strong opioid. It is very similar to Percocet, but much stronger. You're
0: hearing our friends over at TMZ, Dr. Maroney, if if Prince's life couldn't be saved, what does that say for the rest of us, Maroney?
1: It's going to get worse before it gets better. When you have all the money in the world and you end up taking fraudulent pharmaceuticals, he didn't know he was getting fentanyl and he was still addicted and he couldn't afford treatment and he didn't get it sooner. It's going to get worse before it get, gets better. Hug your children.
0: Whoa, 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 wait, wait. Hug your children. That, that's all you've got for me? I mean, you got to give me more than hug your children. I already do that. Narcan.
1: Narcan in the house. Narcan, buy the book. See that you need Narcan in your house. It's more important than soap and water right now. We love our kids in sports. We love our kids in choir. We love our kids in class. But Narcan, because you never know where the fentanyl is going to come up. Right now, the fentanyl is in methamphetamine. The fentanyl is in marijuana. The fentanyl is in cocaine. So if the kids say, well, I'm going to try a drug, but I'm not going to get an opioid, they can still die. That's how
0: bad it is out there. Let me give you this number, 1-800-662-4357, one 662 help I hope that parents are listening. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend.
2: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry.